I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Christy Gandy with me as we discuss the spiritual discipline of loving others well. Christy is the owner and founder of Love Well Collective, which is an online company dedicated to equipping women via education and custom gift boxes to tangibly love their people well who are walking through grief or other difficult circumstances. Christy started her company in 2019 and is passionate about encouraging others to take action when it comes to loving others, as well as helping dispel some of the myths surrounding grief. She also loves encouraging women in their walk with Jesus as she leads worship at her church and teaches. She's also an avid reader and an iced coffee lover. And she and her husband, Justin, live in Dallas with their two boys, Zachary and Isaac. Christy, it's so fun to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Well, I could think of no one better to have this conversation with about how we can love others well. Uh, We're in a series right now exploring some different spiritual disciplines, and a spiritual discipline is just simply a way where we can participate with God in our spiritual formation. So there are different practices, different things that we can do. Um, And so, Christy, I actually just want to start with your passion to love others well, and it's also your vocation because you have a company to help people love others well. So let's start there. Tell me, where did Love Well come from? I'll give you the short story. Um, My dad had really been sick for a lot of my life, and especially like middle school, high school, was diagnosed with diabetes and then congestive heart failure. And then in August of 2014, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so we knew that he was dying. And so we walked through that whole Um, journey. And in October of 2015, he passed away. And uh, until then, I guess I had not really had anyone extremely close to me die before. And Mm -hmm. I had walked with maybe a couple people, but not really. And so um, this was the first experience that I'd had with that kind of a loss. And even even at that point, all my grandparents were still alive. And so um, I realized going through that both before, during, and then in the days and weeks and months following that, that a lot of people, I feel like don't know what to do for other people who are walking through grief. And I had some people who were extremely kind and, you know, who wrote cards and things like that. But I guess I was also a little bit surprised by the people who didn't reach out maybe in a way that I thought they would or, you know, just that kind of stuff. And so I realized that there's just a lack of education, it seems, surrounding how to minister to other people walking through grief. And also it's just uncomfortable and awkward and people don't know what to say and they don't know what to do and nobody wants to be at a funeral and 
all of those kinds of things, but it seems like nobody really talks about it either. And I would put myself in that same category before I lost my dad. I mean, I was probably the awkward one who didn't say the right thing and said the wrong thing and didn't know what to do. And so I said nothing and things like that. And so um, I really felt led kind of a couple years after he had died, felt led to maybe start writing a book. And not because I have figured it all out and I have all the answers and the market cornered on how to do this correctly, but just just some things that I learned along the way and thought, oh, I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience because I realized mm-hmm. that there are a ton of books on the market about how to walk through your own grief, but there is very little out there just practically mm-hmm to help you be a good friend to other people. So I started the process of writing a book and it's a whole other story. But um, at one point, this idea of providing something tangible to provide for people um, kind of came to fruition. And a lot of people immediately think, oh, well, you can send flowers and you can take a meal to them. And sometimes that is incredibly appropriate. It's a, a great thing to do. And sometimes people either, you know, don't live in the same town. And so they don't want to take a meal or they don't want to cook, you know, whatever it is, there's all these reasons. Um, And so I thought, you know, the thing with the box, the gift box is that it's just a tangible way to show people, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And I'm not just telling you that I'm thinking about you or praying for you while those things are great and wonderful, but I'm actually doing something a little bit extra. So again, it's just a way to let people know that you're thinking about them. But a lot of times as the weeks and the months go by, people kind of forget and they go back to life as normal and, you know, which as we all do, but sometimes that's when it becomes even harder for Mm. the grieving person. And so I try to encourage people, you know, remember the anniversary of the death or remember really difficult holidays or just, you know, three weeks later for no reason say, Hey, I was thinking about you. I know that you're probably still grieving this loss. And I just want, you know, I'm thinking of you. So those are the kinds of things that make people feel seen and loved and remembered. And, you know, you don't just get over grief. No, you don't, you don't get over grief. I mean, the intensity of the emotion lowers and it doesn't, you know, seem to be in front of us all the time, every day, Mm -hmm. as time moves on, as we do our own processing. Um, So I love that one of the things that you're doing through Lovewell is giving people like me (laughs) another option to loving somebody well. So, well, let's, let's back up a little Mm -hmm. bit and I want to talk more about the why that we love others well. So it's great to send a box, but why are we doing that? And so, you know, one of the things that's really interesting to me about spiritual disciplines is some of the spiritual disciplines, perhaps even that we're going to talk about in this series or that we've talked about already, maybe something that you can try. And if it doesn't actually work really well for you, or it doesn't lead you toward transformation or closer to God, then maybe you should shift and try something else, you know, because we're all created differently. And so there's things that are going to resonate with us differently. But what's really interesting about loving others well as a spiritual discipline and mm-hmm. practice, it's actually something we're commanded to do. The verse that we meditated on, just a very short verse of Jesus's words to us, really toward the end of his ministry journey. And he says to his disciples and to mm-hmm. us, I'll just read it real quick because it's so short. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Mm-hmm. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When we jumped on the phone uh, a few weeks ago to start talking through this podcast and processing it, this is the verse that you immediately brought up. And I know that this is a really important passage to you. So tell me why this is such an important passage for you. I do. I do love this passage. I think one of the things that jumps out to me right at the beginning is, well, first of all, that Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done before. He says, love just as I have loved. And so he gives us an example in that first and foremost. But then secondly, you know, it says, if you have love for one another, and he's talking about the kind of love that he has for us, which is given even when it isn't reciprocated. And I think that that's one of the lessons that I've had to learn is we're called to love. We're commanded to love because he tells us to, (laughs) because we're compelled by his love for us to love other people. And sometimes it won't be reciprocated back. And sometimes, you know, we will pour out and do things for people and they never return that. But that's not what it's all about. It's, It's about us becoming more and more like Jesus and loving in the same way that he loved. And so he loved even when people didn't love him back. And then his love had no limits. I mean, he loved all the way to death. Um, Mm. You can't love any more than that. And so for us, it requires sacrifice and it means going the extra mile. And it means, um, you know, doing things that may not be completely comfortable or it may not always be convenient, but I'm doing it anyway because I love Jesus so much and I want to show that love, you know, through the way that I love other people. And then it sets it up, it sets us apart too, just like he says, you know, people will know that you are my disciples. It, it does. There's something about encouraging someone or, you know, just showing up for people in a way that, shines the light of Christ into those situations as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that strikes me as you're talking is that loving others isn't just a good idea. It's actually God's mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> his, I right. Imagine that this is his mm-hmm. mandate to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very interesting because, you know, it's a new command he's giving us. It's not actually really new. He's just, He's just saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to actually summarize a lot of things in this one little command Mm -hmm. that we love others. And I think we can spend a lifetime unpacking. Well, what does that look like in our lives? How do we love others? What's loving? What's not loving? Um, you know, because sometimes, quite frankly, we're, we're put into positions like I'm even thinking, you know, outside of the grief and loss, but like, let's talk about parenting or let's talk about a a hard relationship. You know, sometimes we're put into a situation where we have to love someone through what doesn't feel loving on the surface, but it's about something deeper in our heart. I think that's the Mm -hmm. thread, you know, when we're loving others, um, it's more than just like, you know, sending a box, which is beautiful and full of things that are comforting that's actually not that those things aren't love in themselves. It's the Mm -hmm. gesture of love. It's the, Oh, someone thought of me. Oh, I am cared for. And so Mm -hmm. I would love for you just to give us some tips because I know sometimes I get, I I'm not even sure what the right word is scared 
overwhelmed <laughs> by how do I do this? Right. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I'd love let you know, let's stick in, especially with grief, because I think let's talk about that mm-hmm. um specifically. How how can we love people well that are mm-hmm. going through something so hard? Well, and I think you're right. I mean, I think we all feel those things at one point or another, you know, and even I, I do not have it all figured out. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes I'll have people ask me, they're like, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's just a difficult situation. Um, but thankfully, yes, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in that as well. Um, just some things that I have thought about practically like what you were just saying a while ago, just going back to the verse real quickly, when it comes to loving people and even the way that Jesus loved us, it was a selfless love. And so the focus was not on me. The focus was on you. And so Mm. when I think about how do I love other people? Well, I am not thinking about what will serve me in this situation or in this moment. Mm. I'm thinking what will serve you? Well, what do you need? How can I encourage you? How can I lighten your load in this particular moment? And so Um, one of the things that I always encourage people to do is just to take initiative to, to think for a minute, you know, what, what is happening in this situation and what are the things that might be helpful? And so depending upon what's going on, it very may, may well be like, I need to bring this person dinner tonight, or I need to ask if I can pick up their kids from school, or if I can take, you know, run to the store for them or things like that, you know, thinking ahead and anticipating what it is that they might need. Um, And I say this because it's something that I had to learn the hard way, but um, I read this actually one time in an article of all things. And a lot of times it's so easy for us to tell people, well, let me know if there's anything that you need. And we think that we're being really helpful and we think that we're being kind and thoughtful. And in reality, that statement is not helpful because it puts all the burden back on the person who's already going through grief to have to either figure out what it is that they need or then have to ask you. And we all know that most of us are not going to do that. And so even if what I really do need tonight is for you to bring me dinner, I am not going to pick up the phone, Jody, and say, hey, you know what? Actually, will you please bring me dinner? That would be fantastic. We're not going to do it because that's just not our culture. So I think that, you know, thinking through what they could possibly need in that moment is really important. And then um, also just being present. Sometimes it's not about taking something. Sometimes it's just being there. It's just being present, being Mm -hmm. with them, going to the funeral, um, sitting beside them. You know, I think in the, the weeks following a death too, it's just sitting beside them in church or inviting them to lunch or inviting them to coffee or just those kinds of things, like whatever it is, bring them alongside and just being present with them and, and being willing to listen and asking, you know, do you want to talk about it? And if they do great, if not, that's totally fine too. Um, But sometimes I think that we, we sometimes think that's not enough, that being present is not enough, that we need to do something else. But I know one of my friends, on the anniversary of when my dad passed away one year, she just showed up at my house and she just had some snacks and some wine. And I don't remember what else she brought. And we just chatted and she just sat on the, um, up at the bar with me and just asked me questions about my dad and just, just Mm -hmm. present, you know? And so that meant a lot that she was willing to enter in and just, you know, which leads me to another thing is that talking about that person and asking questions about that person. A lot of times we shy away from that because we think, 
well, I don't want it to be awkward or I don't, I don't want to make them cry or something like that. When in reality, you're not going to make like, they're already crying, you know, like it, it's already going to be a difficult situation. Right. It's not like they right. forgot about it and you brought it up and reminded them. Um, and they want to talk about, and I remember my mom saying that even some of her friends, she said, you know, after my dad died, it was almost like they were afraid to bring him up. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't want to talk about him and she, she wanted to talk about him. You know, she loved him and they had 30 something wonderful years together. And so, um, honoring people in that way. Um, and then, like I said earlier, being very intentional to write down dates and remember like the anniversary of when they passed away. Or I just went to a funeral last week. One of my friends lost her mom. And um, so I wrote down the anniversary that when she passed away, the date that she passed away, I put that in my calendar. But then several days later was actually her mom's birthday. And so I was able to reach out to her on her mom's birthday and let her know like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you today. I know that you're missing your mom and she's celebrating her birthday in heaven, but it's still sad for you. And so, um, I think that things like that are huge. Um, I remember the first couple of years on father's day after my dad passed away, I don't think there was anybody who remembered. And I, I mean, and I'm not trying to be sound bitter or anything, but I just was like, wow, okay. Nobody thought about the fact that, man, it might be a little sad thinking today that, you know, I don't have my dad on Father's Day. And so I try to be really um, intentional about remembering Mother's Day and Father's Day and, you know, just other holidays that might be difficult for people whenever they lose a loved one. Yeah, I love the idea of making a note in your calendar that would trigger then, you know, then it comes up every year in my, you know, phone. Mm -hmm. And even just taking that moment to think about your friend who's now lost her mother and think through what are, what are some dates that I can just remember her? And maybe Mm -hmm. we go write their name physically on Mm -hmm. Mother's Day as a reminder, reach out to Mm -hmm. so and so put mom's birthday in the calendar. And so we're getting that because we do, we have great intentions, right? but great intentions don't actually lead to action. Right. <laughs> They're just intentions. <laughs> and so how can we then take that next step to then do it? And I think the calendar reminder is mm-hmm. a great, great idea. So thanks for that yeah. tip. Uh, you know, the other thing that I have been told before along the same lines of don't just say, Hey, what can I do for you? Because I've been in stressful situations and people have asked that of me. And I just like you, if I could use dinner that mm-hmm. night, I'm I'm not gonna say anything. I'm a strong, independent woman and I can take care of myself. And <laughs> right. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I will be I'm fine. fine, I'm fine, yes. you know. Um mm-hmm. yeah. and that's not healthy. <laughs> I, I fully understand that. <laughs> um, that, you know, especially when we're hurting. Um, but mm-hmm. I have been advised and I've had people do this and it's helpful to offer options. Mm-hmm. Can I mow your lawn this weekend yes. or could I bring you dinner in mm-hmm. the next few days? And so then they can say, Oh yes, you can mow my lawn. Right. That is amazing. Thank you for right. offering. Can I mm-hmm. come over and do your laundry or can I pick your kids up from school? Or I'm bringing you dinner. Would you rather have dinner on Tuesday or Thursday? <laughs> Also that that's amazing yeah. too. Yeah. I am bringing you dinner. What are your dietary restrictions again? Right. <laughs> Anything exactly. I should avoid. Yes. 
Um, that's a good choice too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to look at the other side because I imagine, and you kind of talked a little bit about this, that when you were going through the, you know, grief of your father's passing, that some people didn't show up and that was hurtful that, and you thought they would, um, but then some people did, and maybe they didn't have the best things to say. And none of us want to be hurtful with our words. Like that is the last thing we want to do is inflict more pain, but we're just ill-equipped sometimes. So give us some tips for things that we should avoid doing <laughs> when someone's hurting. People mean well, they really do. I don't think anyone sets out to, I mean, one of the things I remember somebody telling me, um, this was before he had actually passed away, but we knew that he was not getting better, that he was dying. And I had somebody tell me something along the lines of, oh, but he's going to be in heaven and it's so much better and he's going to be fine. And I was like, absolutely. 100%. That is so incredibly true. But one of the things that I've thought about a lot since then, and just walking with other people walking through grief is, especially as believers, we hold that tension of grief and hope mm. simultaneously. And so I can at the same time rejoice knowing that my dad is in heaven and that I will see him again one day. I fully believe that. And I look forward to that. And I'm so ready for heaven. And at the same time, I can also grieve because I'm a human living here on earth and grief yeah. is hard and it hurts and I miss him. And, and honestly, so it'll be seven years this month. Mm. And sometimes I almost think that it gets harder the longer he's gone because now I'm not just grieving his death. I'm grieving the things that he's not here for, yeah. you know, like I'm watching my boys grow up and see that he doesn't get to know them and they don't get to know him, you know, things like that. And so anyway, I just, I have encouraged so many people that it's okay to hold both of those things together at the same time. Yes, we rejoice. And also so that would be one is not just, you know, oh, but they're in a better place, you know, whatever. Like, yes. Right. Don't minimize right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And also it hurts today. Yes. This is really painful. Um, so that's one. Something else that I've heard a lot of people say is um, they're like, oh, well, I know how you feel. And I have been reminded many times that even though I might have a similar situation, Maybe I have also lost my dad, or maybe I have also lost a child or been through a miscarriage or whatever it is. I can't possibly know exactly how you're feeling. And so I try really hard to watch my words whenever I'm encouraging people and saying like, I can imagine this is such a difficult thing for you, or I can imagine today is so hard, or I can imagine how much, you know, because all of that is true. I can't imagine it, but I don't want to assume that I know how you're feeling. And so sometimes it's just, I think, a small tweak in how we say yeah. something or, um, and, as, uh, and assuming that they, you know, everybody responds to grief differently. And so sometimes I think, well, the best thing, what you need to do is you need to get out of the house. You need to go have dinner with friends. You need, you know, to like get dressed and like blah, 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 whatever. And, and maybe, but also maybe not, maybe what they actually need is for me to just bring pizza and a movie over to their house and just come sit on the couch with them in their sweats and right. it be quiet, you know? And so I think I'm learning to ask more questions, you know, and it's okay to That's ask good. people like, well, I would love to 
go out to dinner with you, but would you rather stay home? And, you know, what if I bring a movie and we, and I did that for one of my friends. She lost her mom exactly six weeks after my dad passed away. And I remember going, you know, she's like, I don't want to go out. And so I remember going over to her apartment and we just ate dinner and watched a movie at her apartment because she didn't necessarily want to be alone, but she didn't want to go out and, you know, pretend to have a good time. So I think that too, is just asking more questions. It's it's okay to ask, Hey, Mm -hmm. I would love to do this for you, but also would, would this be better? Would that be better? You know, that's so good. I know one of the things that has been said to people that is hurtful if you have enough faith and if you pray hard enough, God will heal. And that that's really painful because then it feels like it's, I didn't do something. Mm-hmm. And you know what? No one has averted death. Right. Um, in fact, there are exactly two people in scripture that have gotten to avoid the process of death. And now they are still no longer here. Yeah. Enoch and Elijah, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's not possible for us to live forever. Um, here in these bodies, the, these bodies are deteriorating. Um, so yeah, so something like that, I think is also really unhelpful and painful. Mm-hmm. You know, when my dad passed away, I think I learned a lot through that experience, just like you did about mm-hmm. how to show up, how to sit with people, how to listen mm-hmm. to them and be okay with just sitting and being present with them. I have one more question for you. You know, sometimes I think we do feel really stuck. Like you've given us great practical tips of things we can do, but I know sometimes it feels and can feel overwhelming. And I think when I get to that place, a lot of times I will reason myself out of doing something. And I'll tell myself things like someone else is going to be there. You know what? We weren't actually that close anyway. She probably doesn't want to hear from me or I don't even know what to say. Give us some encouragement for the moments where we feel that little nudge, Mm -hmm. but then we start to feel overwhelmed by how, what do I do? What can I do? What's just, what's some encouragement to help us just push over the edge a little bit and actually do something helpful? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, actually, when you, specifically when you were talking about it being a spiritual discipline, I thought, you know, just like with any other discipline, it doesn't always come natural. Like we have to exercise it just like we have to exercise a muscle or exercise our body or, you know, whatever we're practicing. Um, it just, sometimes we put it on the calendar and we make it happen because I know I need to exercise today or, you know, whatever. And so sometimes I think we overanalyze it, you know, and, and like you said, we do think, oh, they probably don't want to hear from me. Oh, they're probably too busy. Oh, they probably, you know, whatever. Um, I had a friend just a couple months ago from the youth group when I was growing up. So I probably haven't seen her in goodness, at least probably, I don't know, 22 years, 23 years, probably. And um, we haven't spoken since then. She's not on social media. So we're not connected in any kind of way. But um, her dad passed away. And they still go to the old church that we went to. And so anyway, we have mutual friends and all of that. Anyway, I sent her a card and all I said was, you know, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. When did you know, I heard, you know, I heard about your dad, blah, blah, whatever. And, um, like I said, we're not close. We're not still friends, like whatever. And she wrote me back a few weeks later and said that that was one of the most meaningful cards that she had received. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly all the reasons why, but it was such a reminder to me that we never know how God is going to use 
our words or just the fact that we took the time to send a note. And and I think especially nowadays in 2022, where it's so easy to text or email or use social media, like all those things are wonderful tools. And especially if you don't have someone's address, by all means, send a message or whatever. But you know, if you can send a handwritten card, there's just something about knowing that you took the time, you sat down and you made that a priority and you had to find a stamp, <laughs> go mail it, you know? And so um, I think that would be one thing is just the reminder that we can't ever underestimate how God will use it to encourage someone. And I think if God does nudge you in that way, um, yes, then going ahead and and doing that because I think sometimes I I flip it around and I put myself in that situation and I think about mm-hmm. how did I feel when I received cards from people who didn't That's have right. to and I mean yes right. I my you know one of my closest friends came over and would sit with me but this other lady that were only acquaintances she sent me a card and was praying for me and it meant so much that these people who didn't yeah. have to would think about me in that way and so. Um, one other story I have to share really quickly because this was such an important part too, I think is, um, so my dad passed away in October and I think it was December. So a couple months later, I was having just a really rough day. I had young toddlers at home and like, I was just frustrated and I don't know what all was going on, but I was just still grieving, upset, you know, all the things or whatever. And I remember just being in the kitchen and literally like banging my fist on the counter and saying out loud to the Lord, I was like, God, you have got to throw me a bone. I just, I don't remember what I was going on, but it was just a really rough day. And a little bit later, my doorbell rang. I went to answer the door. It was a florist delivering flowers. And whenever I got the flowers, I flipped the card over and it was from my college roommate's parents. And on the card, all it said was, we just want you to know that we haven't forgotten. And I Mm. still, I get teary every time I tell that story because it was such a powerful, just reminder Mm. that they had not forgotten, like she said on the card, but also God hadn't forgotten either. You know, he was like, here, here's your bone that you were asking for, you know? And so things like that, I think you never know how one, encouraging it really can be to somebody, but two, like the Lord nudged you for a reason because maybe he's using you as a way to encourage them or strengthen them that day. You don't know what's going on in their world on that particular day. Or I've had people who, you know, I mailed the card on Monday, but for whatever reason, they didn't get it until Friday. And they told me it was exactly when I needed to read that card. And so I think Mm -hmm. we just have to remember that God's so much bigger than we are and his timing, you know, he we get to be a part of his ministry, you know, to people in that way. And I think the other thing too, as I'm hearing you say all of that is a lot of times it doesn't take much effort. Yeah, And that little Mm -hmm. effort to write the card, Mm -hmm. throw it in the mail, um, to maybe have a gift box sent to Mm -hmm. them, that few minutes Mm -hmm. spent actually is very significant to them. Yeah. So tell Mm -hmm. us real quick. So your, your business model is to help us love someone through a gift Mm -hmm. box. So tell me a little bit about that. So on the website, I have gift boxes put together. And so I have like a grief and loss box, or I have a, I call it the sunshine box. It's kind of an encouraging box. And really the whole idea behind it is it, 
there's nothing in the box that's going to change your situation. There's candles and there's some bath and body things and journals and pens and, you know, those kinds of things. Just thoughtful gifts that tell somebody I'm thinking of you and I am remembering your situation and you write a note and then I handwrite the note and put it in the box for you and send it to your people. And so again, it's just a way to let people know that you're thinking about them. I love that. Well, Christy, I know that you send out a great newsletter full of tips on how we can love people well. And also just, I'm sure people want to uh, know even how to find you or to look at the gift boxes so that we can be ready to send one. Or maybe we know there's somebody we need to send one to today. So tell us how we can find you. Uh, My website is www.lovewellcollective.com and they can sign up for my email list on the website. And then I also have Instagram. It's at lovewellco.shop. And they can find me on Facebook as well at Lovewell Collective. So those are the the easiest places. Well, I will, I will put all of that in the show notes and I believe that there's going to be a little discount code in the show notes as well. Yes. So definitely take advantage of this, you guys not only just for grief and loss, but even just to celebrate a birthday and do something mm-hmm. a little different than maybe sending flowers or um, or whatever else you normally do. So anyway, well, Christy, thank you so much for mm-hmm. just sharing with us how we can love others well, because it's not something that we're just saying is a good idea. We're saying it's God's idea. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much, Jody. Well, friends, I also just want to thank you again for joining us today because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us. And this is one way we're creating space to listen. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.